Welcome to Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. Please enjoy today's message. Join me in our charge. This is our, our confession over Faith Life Fellowship. We do it every Sunday. We're a church growing and thriving, overflowing with love, strengthening the family, transforming the community, impacting the world, where every member is a minister and a church alive is worth the drive. Let me hear you. Woohoo! Amen. Hallelujah. Have you talked to your body lately? Have you talked to your body lately? If you haven't talked to your body lately, you need to make it a habit of talking to your body. Amen. Telling your body to line up with the Word of God. Because you know what? We have something on the inside of us that the world does not have. We have a Holy Ghost reactor on the inside that bathes every cell of our body with light and life and power and glory and preserves us and protects us and heals us, keeps us alive, hallelujah, so that we run our race and complete our course, amen. So we need to be tapping in to God's promises for our bodies, and to do that, one of the vital elements is we need to begin speaking to our bodies, amen, hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus told us in Mark eleven twenty three that, We could have the things that we say as long as we believe that the things we say will come to pass. Amen. It's an amazing statement if you take it at face value, and I do. So I want to spend a few minutes talking about it in its biblical context. So there's no misunderstanding when we begin to apply these principles and speak to trees and mountains and our bodies. Amen. Both as a church And as individuals, we need to learn to do so, particularly when it comes to dealing with pain, symptoms, sickness, disease, currently trying to attach itself to our bodies. Amen. So I want to begin with a read through of Mark 11, verse 12 through 24 for context and for flow. And then I want to circle back. And take a closer look at this amazing passage that you probably never heard anybody preach on. (laughs) Amen. It's probably been preached up one side and down the other. But you know what? You can never stop learning from this passage. It's filled with revelation. And I believe I have a few ways of thinking and a few ways of looking at it that you might not have heard before. So let's begin with a, a simple read through of the passage Mark 11, starting at verse 12 and going through verse 24. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever, and his disciples heard it. And they come to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple, and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple, and overthrew the tables of the money changers, and the seats of them that sold doves, and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written, 
My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him because all the people was astonished at his doctrine. And when even was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering saith unto him, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Amen. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. Can I get an amen to the reading of the word? So now I want to circle back and take a closer look at this passage. Some things you might not know about this passage. If you study this out, you'll see that the passage we just read takes place during the last week of Jesus' earthly life when Jesus and his disciples lodged at the house of Simon the leper in Bethany, about two miles from Jerusalem. Okay, so there's a little factoid that most people aren't aware of. So who was this Simon the leper? I guarantee you when he's lodging in his house, he's not a leper anymore. This is probably one of the lepers that Jesus healed in his ministry. And he got to know his family. They got to be friends. And they were lodging there that last week in Bethany. Amen. I think that's a cool factoid. How many agree with me? Amen. Jesus began this week, this last week of his earthly life, he began this week with his triumphant entry through the beautiful gate on Palm Sunday and ended it with his crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection. So it was quite an eventful week. During that week, Jesus would travel with his disciples from Bethany to Jerusalem, spend the day teaching and ministering in the city, and then return to Bethany for the evening. So it was an everyday routine for about a week. So now let's go back to Mark 11, verse 12 through 22, and read again, and I will do some commentary as we go. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. Now here, I believe Jesus was genuinely hungry and was not immediately aware that there was a teaching moment approaching. In other words, he really believed there would be fruit on that tree because I am told and I have read that if the trees had leaves, then you knew that they would have figs. So he was expecting figs to be on this tree. And he really thought when he got there, he could get some fresh figs and satisfy his hunger. But when he got close enough to tell, he realized there was no fruit to be had. At this point, I believe the Holy Spirit spoke to the heart of Jesus. Remember, Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do, and I only say what I see my father say. Amen. 
So he saw something in the spirit and he realized this is a teaching moment. And then verse 14, and Jesus answered and said unto it, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. I reckon so. He just talked to a tree. There's a couple of important things I want you to see here. Number one, evidently the tree said something to Jesus. Because in verse 14, it says, Jesus answered it. So what do you think it was that this tree said to Jesus? I got my own rendition. How about this? I just faked you out with my leaves. Ha ha. You ain't getting no fruit from me this morning. That's what I think the tree said. To which Jesus replied, maybe not. But you're never going to give fruit to anybody ever again. Your fruit growing days are over. Jesus always gets the last word. Amen. And number two, as we've already alluded to, Jesus spoke to a tree. And he was acutely aware of the power that he had to bless and or curse with his words. He knew that if he blessed that tree, it would be blessed But he also knew that if he cursed that tree, it would be cursed at the roots and dry up and die. Proverbs 18, 19, we all know this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I like the message translation. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Amen. You can either speak words of life or words of death, words of blessing or words of cursing. Amen. It's your choice. And listen, a recent revelation that I got. It doesn't always have to be blessing. There are times when you need to bless with your mouth and there are times when you need to curse with your mouth and you need to know the difference. Amen. Verse 15. And they come to Jerusalem and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and brought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught saying unto them, is it not written my house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and the chief priests glorified the Lord because of the wonderful words that Jesus spoke in the temple. No, it doesn't go like that. Verse 18 says, And the scribes and the chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him. They were seething with jealousy, for they feared him because all the people were astonished at his doctrine. He was drawn bigger crowds than they were. Amen. And when even was come, He went out of the city. I want to read that again because it's very important. Stay with me. And when even was come, he went out of the city. That evening, after a pretty eventful day, which included the casting out of the money changers, Jesus and his disciples left on the road to Bethany and passed by the very tree that Jesus had cursed that morning. Don't you know every one of them were eyeballing that fig tree when they walked by? Because they all heard what Jesus said. 
But evidently, there was no apparent change to the tree, at least on the outside, at least on the surface. Verse 20, and in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. However, the following morning as they traveled from Bethany to Jerusalem again, the tree which Jesus cursed had dried up from the roots. It was dead, and now it was evident to all that it was dead. Verse 21, And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. Peter was the first one to notice, and he was the first one to sing out the news. And here's where I believe that Jesus capitalized on this Holy Ghost-inspired, teachable moment on the topic of faith. Verse 22, and Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. I tell you what, I don't know any other loaded statement than that one in the Bible. And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. Let me tell you what that means to me. Jesus makes it clear that what he had said and what he had done when he cursed the fig tree was a demonstration of faith in God. A lot of people have trouble making that connection, but it is nevertheless the truth. And with that in mind, I want to take a closer look at the fig tree itself and the fact that it did not immediately dry up. It did dry up, but it took a process of time for it to dry up. First of all, you got to know that the moment Jesus cursed that fig tree, it was dead and was cut off from every life-giving source available to it, whether it was sunshine or water or the nutrients in the soil. When Jesus said, you are cursed, it was cursed, and it died that very second. But when they passed by it that first evening, it just looked like it was still alive, even though it had been dead for about 12 hours. The next morning, 24 hours later, the fact that it was dead was evident to all. Amen. Now, this is going to be a strange twist for some of you, but it reminds me of a testimony I heard when I was in pilot training in Pensacola, Florida, many years ago. But it's not the type of testimony that you probably heard in church before. You might have heard it, but I'm fairly certain you haven't heard it in church. It is, however, very relevant to this topic. So I want you to stay with me. Bear with me as we go through this fascinating true life story. All right. I want you to cue up the jet fighter. That's a MiG-25, and that's Lieutenant Victor Belenko. On September 6th, 1976, Lieutenant Victor Belenko stole a top-secret Soviet MiG-25 interceptor called the Foxbat by the U.S. intelligence community and flew it from an airbase near Vladivostok to a Japanese airfield on the island of Hokkaido. At the time, it was an international sensation and an astounding intelligence scoop for the United States and its Western allies. Anyway... When I was in pilot training, only four years after he flew his fighter jet and escaped to asylum in the West, I was invited to hear Victor Belenko tell his story in a briefing 
open only to instructor pilots. I was the only student invited. Now, I believe the reason for that is so that I could share this testimony wherever I teach on this topic. Amen. So, in this briefing, one of the stories he told, just, I never forgot it. It just captivated me. One of the stories he told was how he and his fellow pilots and airmen were told to help clean up their air base in preparation for a visit from a very high-ranking Soviet commissar. And in preparation for this visit, they were told that, you know, commissar, he liked tree-lined avenue. Well, they didn't have any tree-lined avenues because the base was built on tundra and nothing grew there. But they decided to plant some trees trees along the main entry road to the base, knowing that they would not live very long because the tundra there didn't support the life of any kind of tree, much less these kind of trees. But they reasoned that the commissar was coming in a week and he would come and go before the trees actually died. Well, as you might expect or imagine, the commissar's visit was postponed for two weeks and the trees turned brown and died during that time. So they hurriedly pulled up the old trees and replanted some new ones. Again, the commissar's visit was postponed, and the new trees turned brown and died as well. This time, the base commander had the brilliant idea that they could just spray paint the trees green, and the commissar would be none the wiser. And the plan worked. The commissar came and went and complimented them on their beautiful tree-lined avenue. What's the point of the story? The point of the story is this. Everyone on that base except the commissar knew that those trees were dead and dried up from the roots. Amen? They just appeared to be alive because they'd been spray-painted green. Sometimes you need to get a revelation. You have the living word of God on your side. Psalm 119.89 says his word is forever settled in heaven. Amen. And the word of God says you're healed. It's already a done deal. Jesus already paid the price. And all the devil has is a can of green spray paint. It's God's word or your symptoms. Which one are you going to believe? How do we apply this to our physical body? Well, just like the fig tree spoke to Jesus and the spray painted trees spoke to the commissar that they were still alive. Sometimes your pain and symptoms will speak to us and say things like this. You're not healed. If you were, you wouldn't have this pain or this symptom. You would not be feeling like this if you were really healed. And we need to answer the trees of our lives with the word of God. I don't care what you say or how loud you say it. This is what God says. Psalm 91.10 says, No evil shall befall me, neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. Deuteronomy 28 says that all sickness and all disease are part of the curse of the law. Galatians 3.13 says, I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Therefore, I've been redeemed from all sickness and disease. End of story. And after you unleash a barrage of the Word of God, then you need to speak life of your body and curse pain, curse symptoms in your body at the root, at the source, at the seed. 
Mark eleven twenty three and 24. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. You got to speak it, and you got to believe it, and you got to remove all doubt out of your heart. And Jesus said, when you do that, it will come to pass. Amen. Glory to God. You're the key. You're the speaker. You're the believer. We believe, therefore, we speak. Amen. If you believe something, you need to start talking. Amen. There's something about releasing your faith and speaking it into the atmosphere. It releases power into the spirit realm. Amen. And the thing that you're believing God for that's out there in the spirit that already belongs to you because it's paid for by Jesus Christ. You got to take it from the spirit realm and bring it into the natural realm into manifestation. Amen. Legally, healing belongs to you. Experientially, you have to appropriate it by faith. And the way you do that is you speak it and bless God. Sometimes people say, well, you're just speaking it. You don't really believe it. Well, yeah, maybe when I started out, but somewhere along that process, if you say it long enough, if you meditate on the word of God, you will begin to see that it is truth and you will you will embrace it and believe that it's true. So I'm always an advocate that you begin speaking, even if the belief hasn't happened yet. Begin speaking. Amen. And then the belief will stir in your heart and one day it'll click and you go, that's it. Nothing the devil says or does can take this promise away from me. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right. So back to verse 23. I want to read again for for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Here, Jesus steps it up a notch and says, don't just speak to the trees of your lives. Speak to the mountains of your lives. Amen. Sometimes in the realm of healing, listen to me. I'm preaching to myself just like I'm preaching to you. Sometimes in the realm of healing, it seems like it's almost like you're fighting a losing battle. You're fighting on so many fronts. It becomes overwhelming and it's tempting to, you know, you feel like you're going to lose hope if it goes on much longer. Amen. Your fig tree has grown into a mountain of pain and symptoms and suffering. I'll tell you, when you get to feeling like that, it's time to start talking. It's time to start declaring. It's time to start. It's time to start blessing what needs to be blessed. And it's time to start cursing what needs to be cursed. Amen. John 10, 10 says that Jesus came to bring me life and to bring it more abundantly. And sickness and disease are not a part of that package. Body, I speak life to you. In Jesus' name, pain, symptoms, I curse you at the root, at the source, at the seed. Verse 24, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, one of the things that I saw about 10 years ago, it just took me a while to get there, is that if you read verse 23 and 24 together, you realize that in verse 23, Jesus is talking about speaking and declaring. 
And then in verse 24, it seems like he changes the subject to prayer. But I'm here to tell you that evidently, if you put 23 and 24 together, part of prayer must involve making declarations of faith. Amen. When you're in your prayer closet and you're bringing your petition before the Lord, there will come a time when you need to begin to declare that what you have spoken, what you have asked for belongs to you because of the word. See, people don't make that connection when you're making a declaration of faith to God. That's prayer. You communicating to him. I believe your word. I'm repeating your word back to you. I'm reminding you of your word and your promise. I believe I receive it by faith. Declaration is important in your prayer life. Don't just go to the Lord asking for things. Listen, sometimes you do ask for things because you don't have a specific promise in the Bible that gives you that thing. So you have to ask him for it. But anything that's been bought and paid for by Jesus, you can just declare it as yours because it's already been paid for. You don't have to ask for those things. Lord, your word says I'm healed, therefore I receive it by faith. I receive my healing based on what Jesus did for me. It's so fundamental, but so many people miss it and don't walk in that. And listen, speaking is the key. You know, here in the word of faith, and you know, that's my background. That's how I grew up. I came up through the word of faith. You know, we've been criticized for speaking the word of faith even though the Bible says to do that. And I often wonder, have they ever read Mark eleven twenty three and 24? And if they have read it, what do they think Jesus meant by that? Was it just some kind of hyperbole? Speak to your mountains figuratively. You know? I believe that you can speak to your mountains figuratively. But there may come a day where you actually have to move a mountain. There may come a day when you actually have to curse a tree. You know, so you got to be ready for both. Amen. I speak to the figurative mountains in my life, but I'll speak to a real mountain if the Lord leads me to do so. Amen. Glory to God. Hey, listen, the God who made the mountain said you could speak to the mountain. I mean, there's no higher authority that you can appeal to. If he said you could do it, you can do it. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Listen, I know I'm speaking to the preaching to the choir here. I'm getting a lot of amens because y'all know this. But listen, it's one thing to know it. It's another thing to walk in it. Amen. You got to walk in it. It's so fundamental. You know. Reading is fundamental. Remember that program? Riff? Well, in the Bible, speaking is fundamental. Sif. Or we could spiff it up and call it spiff. Speaking is fundamental. Speaking and proclaiming is fundamental. There we go. Spiff. We spiffed it up. Amen. You guys are awesome. Ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. So I say again, evidently, according to what Jesus is saying here in verse 23 and 24, making declarations is a vital part of your prayer life. And I'm bold to say that that includes prayer for your physical healing. 
Jesus paid a heavy price for the healing of your body. It belongs to you. It's your birthright as a born-again child of God. Amen? So when it comes to physical healing, speak life to your body, speak death to sickness, any disease, any pain, any symptom that tries to come against your body. How about this one? There's a Bible verse that says, everything not planted by the Lord will be plucked up by the roots. I extend that to my physical body. Anything planted in my body that wasn't planted by the Lord, I pluck it up by the roots in Jesus' name. You don't belong in there. Praise the Lord. Command sickness to leave your body and never come again. You mean, Brother Scott, speak to your body? Like hand, stop hurting, pain, leave. Yes. If Jesus can speak to a tree and he tells us that we can speak to a mountain, you can speak to your body. Amen. I do it every day. It's part of my morning routine. Amen. Yeah, I'm battling some symptoms right now, but who knows how many symptoms I'd be battling if I wasn't making my daily confession. Amen. Listen, if you'll stand on the word, never back down and keep up your confession, you'll eventually experience the victory that rightly belongs to you. And your healing will manifest. Just don't back down and just don't ever give up. Listen, a lot of people lose this fight because they're not willing to fight. They don't have the fight in them. You've heard the saying it. It's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Listen, we need to have the fight of a bulldog on the inside of us and we're gonna we need to say we're gonna hold on to the promises of god and never let go make a confession like this listen if i go to my grave with symptoms i declare i'm healed in the name of jesus (laughs) it just takes the time element right out of it doesn't it i don't care because i believe god's word is true i speak it over my body i didn't mean that to be a fatalistic comment I just meant, listen, time is not the issue. Is do you believe God's word? That's the issue. Do you elevate God's word above your experience or the experience of others? So many people want to take the word and bring it down to the level of your experience when they should be putting the word up here and bringing your experience up to the level of the word. Amen. Never compromise the word of God because of your experience or someone else's experience. Glory to God. Okay, let's wrap it up there and we'll pick it up next week. And I'll give you some scriptural examples of where Jesus spoke healing to people's bodies. I can't find a single place. I've looked. I can't find a single place in the Bible where he actually prayed for somebody to be healed. He spoke healing over their bodies. If Jesus can speak healing over people's bodies, we as his representative can speak healing over our bodies and the bodies of others in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Well, I had fun preaching it. I hope you had fun listening to it. Amen. Go out there this week and declare the word of the Lord over your body. Just don't back down. 
like my preacher friend said, just hang out over hell on a corn stalk and spit in the eye of the devil. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just got to be bold. Amen? Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to learn more about Faith Life Fellowship and access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, you can visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington. <laughs>